coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. And they wanted to start a 250 food truck franchise, and I was the chef that they chose to go over there and start it for them. Wow. That is so awesome. It was the traffic department, which is owned by the mafia, and the mafia owns all of the street carts that poison 6,000 people a year that uh, are, were our competition. You're like a culinary genius. Uh, you know, I've got a really, really special tongue. I can write a recipe <laughs> like a, oh God, yeah. yeah Not I, touching that one. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> the production of gyozas are just extremely it's, extreme, it's quite the process. And right. when you're like Booyah Ramen and you're buying up to 20,000 of them a month. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Ronica Whaley. Ronica is the owner of food truck She's So Crispy, serving up Japanese-Asian fusion. At the top of the show, Kevin and I will discuss the food shows we watch, what we like about them, and other observations. We, we have, have a, a great, great show, show, so stick, stick around. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. 
Hey foodies, do you know about the Zest podcast? If you're listening to us, you should be listening to them too. They're part of the Tampa NPR station, WUSF 89.7. On the Zest, you'll learn new recipes, baking tips, and barbecue secrets. You'll hear about what's ripe, what's growing, and what's in season. The Zest podcast is hosted by Robin Sussingham, an award-winning reporter and producer who's also an avid home cook and baker. Robin's a native Floridian and has been searching out flavors and the fascinating stories behind them from Key West to Pensacola. Learning to care for a sourdough starter and learning to bake sourdough breads really speaks to people in a very deep way. It's part of our collective history and we're getting back to our roots and our self-sufficiency. Just like us, the Zest podcast has interviews with chefs and restaurateurs and talks about food and recipes covering the Tampa Bay area and throughout Florida. It's what we listen to when we're not doing our own show. Check out the Zest podcast at thezestpodcast.com. Before we get started with the show, please grab a pen and write this down. Or, after I say it, pause the show and make a voice memo. Put this on your calendar. We will be interviewed on the St. Petersburg Deputy Mayor's podcast called Just Getting Started. It comes out next week on St. Pete Catalyst, and we'll be talking about the food scene in St. Pete and the emergence coming out of COVID. And on with the show. We watch a lot of cooking competition shows slash cooking reality shows. Let's name some of those that we've watched. Kitchen Nightmares. Gordon Ramsay's 24 Hours to Hell and Back. Hell's Kitchen. Top Chef. Top Chef Masters. Master Chef. Master Chef Junior. And Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi. That one's kind of like they're touring around different kinds of places with different types of food. Right. And you also left off, we did watch um, Anthony Bourdain parts on No. Oh, right. Right. More than once. I mean, it's not really a cooking show per se, but it is a reality it's, show. It's a food show, yeah. yeah. So that's... Way too many shows to talk about in our allotted time, but I do want to comment on a few specific shows and also have some general observations. The first one is, well, think back to our interview with Carrie Maletto when her producer friend asked her to host a cooking show back before she knew how to cook. Mm -hmm. The editing made made her look like a pro, and when she told us that story, she said, never believe anything you see on TV. Right. So... Cooking competition shows always have too short of an amount of time to make something, which is part of the challenge. Right. And they usually have a countdown. You know, so they do the five, five four, four, three, two, one, hands in the, the air. air. Yeah, and they all have to put their hands up in the air so they right. know they're not still doing stuff. And 98% of the time, everyone always finishes at the exact same time. Well, that's at least how they make it look. Totally not possible. And I'm sure they have to sign airtight non-disclosures that they're like, their whole life is screwed if they reveal the secrets. Right. So it's just, I'm calling BS on that one. Everything that guy just says, bullshit. And just also editing in general, uh, like they'll be talking, saying there's five minutes left, but they're showing someone on video that's in their first five minutes of cooking, not in the last five minutes. And and then you start to panic for them. Right. right. Oh my God, they're never going to make it. They're so far behind, but they're not. Right. Their hands go in the air with everybody else and they're done. Then here's my, th- I have three criticisms. So that's, that's two. Here's my third one. Then I have good stuff. I was going to say, what, what is this all about? No, because I, I love these shows and you're going to find out why in a minute. <laughs> but the uh, last, com- uh, I guess, complaint I have is 
when the cooks have things they've never made before and they magically pull it off seemingly intuitively. Right. I'm calling BS on that. They have to show them recipes off camera. Right. Especially, and we're going to talk about the kids. We call them, let's watch our kids. That's Master Chef Junior when yeah. they have like eight-year-olds, so I think 13. Yes. Year-olds cooking stuff. And some of them, I mean, they're amazing. They're amazing. But there, there's no way, like, they're doing, I, I can't think of a specific item right now but they're doing a food item that is not easy a macaroon yeah a macaroon i've never done them before but i you did them perfect your first time ever without even seeing a recipe <laughs> i mean seriously man come on so here's a few of the things that i like we learn a lot about food and cooking yes we do i mean we do a lot of food and cooking but mm -hmm. we still learn new stuff mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff to know yep we learn about the pressure of operating a restaurant and cooking in a professional kitchen Yes. I'm just sitting there. I'm watching people get yelled at by Gordon Ramsay having, I, I crack up now when he throws food. Oh yeah. Like, Especially the poor kids. Cause they're, they start crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ramsay comes over or Christina. But, but I'm looking at it going, I couldn't do any better. No. <laughs> but I like when he has like his sayings, like he, there's a undercooked steak and he's like, that's raw. We'll just stick some horns on it and put it back in the field. <laughs> <laughs> So those are funny. I love when Gordon Ramsay does his demos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great. One of my favorites is, I think it's probably a famous one, is he breaks down an entire chicken perfectly. Blindfolded. While, yeah, blindfolded. <laughs> yep. And I want to talk about, here's the last thing. The difference between, and this is, this is MasterChef, mm -hmm. mostly I'm talking about here. And I want to talk about the difference between the kids, the adults, and the pros competing. Right. So the first one we watched, and I think this was the, the first one was uh, Master Chef, and that's when they have she adult chefs competing. And I think some of them are they, they, they're, they're just home, home cooks. Yes, they're home. They're amateur home cooks. They're home they cooks hoping hoping to go pro. Well, either that or just they're up to win the prize and write yeah. a cookbook, and yeah. So when they're competing, they are they're just Cut out for blood. Yeah, and. Like sometimes they let them, if you win a round, you get one part of your prize for winning that is you get to pick, like say you get to pick teams mm -hmm. and they purposely try to pick people that are not going to work well together. Mm -hmm. The kids did that a few times too, but for, for the most part, the adults won't help the other competitors at all. Right. Versus like the kids and the pro chefs, because they have, so then there's Master Chef now, Junior. Now, also on Top Chef, for the regular Top Chef, it's about the same as it is for the regular Master Chef. Yeah, and those are those are actual chefs in restaurants that are competing against each other to win Top Chef. Um, but they're the adults, and they're pretty much out for themselves. Yeah. They won't help much, and they won't do. But then you look at the juniors, as you where you were going, which are the kids, and you look at the uh, uh, Top Chef Masters, which are really high end chefs competing against each other yeah. and you find the opposite they they, they help, each, help other. each other like if somebody says oh hey i ran out of this ingredient does anybody have it and they'll be like sure here you go use some of mine right do you need help with that they'll come over and help with yeah. the whatever's going on and yeah it's it's interesting i noted that and in fact there was something that was said this past weekend when we were watching and i said oh my gosh if that was the adults that would, never, would never have happened yeah. It would never have been said that way. They're like, sorry, you lose. Right. And when one of the kids lose, all the other kids are like, don't cry, pat them on the back. <laughs> right. They hug each other. Yeah. <laughs> so there's our uh, quick take on some of our favorite cooking shows. And we will be right back with chef and entrepreneur, Ronica Whaley.
Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, ooh can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. Please welcome culinary entrepreneur and owner of the She's So Crispy food truck, Ronica Whaley. Welcome, Ronica. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. And I just want to thank you for being so enthusiastic about being on the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Super, super honored to be able to do this with you guys. I got I liked your very excited response when I asked you. <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, we're going to get more into details on She's So Crispy, but I will say that uh, it will be one year old this November, right? Yes. And recently, the Tampa Bay Times named it the number one food truck in Tampa Bay. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Big accomplishment, not even being open a year. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is. So you are originally from Omaha, Nebraska? Yes, I am. Actually, I grew up in Iowa, but right next to Omaha. So it's the same thing pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Omaha is kind of like on the border. Yep. Yep. Grew so so in, really Iowa. Yeah. Iowa grew up in the woods, homeschooled out there. It was interesting. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. You, you, seem, you seem pretty intelligent. So I guess that worked out okay. Yeah. Both of my parents are very, very intelligent. It took the hard mm -hmm. road and it really paid off. <laughs> so how did you get to St. Pete and what was your path here? Um, well, I, you know, like you said, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. I got a uh, three culinary degrees from the Culinary Institute there. And I've been an executive chef most of my life. And I was really, really tired of the, the cold weather up there. And I've always wanted to live in Florida. So my, I moved down here, my parents and I, and started my Florida journey. Nice. When cool. was that? Uh, about three and a half years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so relatively new. Yeah, definitely relatively new. I haven't lived here the entire time either. So definitely new to the area. One of the typical reasons people move to Florida. That was the same for me. I was tired of the like, snow and ice and cold weather up in New Jersey. I moved down here and now I complain about the heat. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still, I mean, I'm on that freaking hot food truck and I still don't complain about the heat. I'm still so grateful. <laughs> good, well, good for you on that. <laughs> yeah, still fresh though. Yeah. So you, I see that you were the executive chef at the Oyster Bar from 2016 to 17. Is that yep. correct? Yes, I was there with Josh for a little while and um, 
helped him transition into a new chef. And then I took a position with the prime minister of Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And that's how I got this food truck thing started. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I can't top that. <laughs> yeah, right? How, how do you get a job like Not that? Not many people um, can't top that. <laughs> my, I, I worked for Bravo Brio Group for um, a very long time. And he was good friends with the uh, starter of Fat Burger, who is good friends with somehow the prime minister of Kuala Lumpur. And they wanted to start a 250 food truck franchise. And I was the chef that they chose to go over there and start it for him. Wow. That is so awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty big deal. So how long were you there? Um, I was over there for six months before my project got denied. I worked over here for six months for them. And then I moved over to Kuala Lumpur. And interesting enough, the, the prime minister that was coming in when I went over there wanted to get rid of everyone that wasn't a progressive thinker or didn't speak English. But the only department that he couldn't get out of government was the traffic department, which is owned by the mafia. And the mafia owns all of the street carts that poison 6,000 people a year that are, uh, were our competition when we were trying to take those parking spots to save a lot of lives. And they ultimately denied all 250 trucks that we had started. So it never wow. happened? Never happened. Nope. They have wow. one up and running outside of the city now, but it was, I mean, millions and millions of dollars down the hole. Oh, wow. We don't realize how lucky we have it till you hear stories like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty intense. Pretty sad. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. So, but he was a, a forward thinker and there was, there was something funny that you posted on Facebook about uh, like a mistranslation, something he said to you. Do you remember what that was? A mistranslation? No, I don't. I about, know. about uh, how he feels about women. Oh my goodness. I don't remember this post. <laughs> I, you know, and I didn't, I didn't make a note of it. So uh -huh. I'm going by, so I can only paraphrase or give the idea. It was something like, uh, I pictured the two of you were, uh, in a car and you were at your stop, and as you you were getting out of the car, he said something to you that sounded like he disrespected women, but what he was really trying to say was that he thinks women need to be on equal footing with men. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I vaguely remember what you were talking about, but it was, uh, yeah, it came off, you know, I, I was just expected to be, I guess, offended multiple times while I'm there because women aren't really in the position that I was in over there. But he mm -hmm. said something that was, he was trying to be progressive thinking and saying, you know, we want, we want women in your position and we want to be open to you. But it was, it came out something extremely offensive. And I just remember <laughs> laughing because I knew, I knew where his heart was, but it was, it was extremely offensive the way he said it. <laughs> it was funny when I uh, when I first went into like his his parliament in there and we had this big meeting with, oh, goodness gracious, I don't know, maybe 20 different people in the government. And they were like, Ronica, they were like, just use some really large words that aren't even real. If you ever slip up and they're just going to think you're very important and they don't know, you know, your level of <laughs> English. <laughs> I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it pretty entertaining. I'm biting my tongue on what I want to say about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we, I know you're, you're, you're Miss Grammar. We, we don't get into politics on this show. Oh, politics. Okay, that part too. <laughs> yeah. So you are an international woman of mystery yeah, because you also so. worked in Mexico in the Yucatan. Wow, you know all about things. Yeah. I, well, thanks uh, I for ran... putting it on Facebook and making it easy for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I ran a crab processing facility down there and I wrote recipes for US sales for um, that processing plant. So I would get an account up here. Detweiler's was one of our largest accounts we got in all of those grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And I would go down there. I would train them how to make the new products because everybody had their own recipe. And then we would ship it up here for US sales and I would help distribute it. 
How cool is that? That is pretty special. Yeah. You're like a culinary genius. Uh, You know, I've got a really, really special tongue. I can write a recipe (laughs) like a, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, Not touching that one. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Oh boy. So yeah. So when I finished my project in Malaysia and came home, I was like, man, what am I going to do now? And when I was over there, I I eat a plant-based diet. And one of the main things that I eat when I'm over in Asia, uh, my brother's lived over there for 10 years. So I've spent a lot of time over there and is dumplings. I eat lots and lots of dumplings. And I came back and I was like, wow, nobody in Tampa Bay wholesales dumplings and we don't have dumpling houses here. And so uh, Booyah Ramen was the first one to give me a chance. I was talking to the owner, Mike and Brian at the time, and they were like, hey, we'll let you in here and you can start doing all of our gyozas. And I got in there and their sales just Oh, probably 10 times what they were doing before. Got uh, instead of one pork gyoza that they had, I got a sweet potato one on there and we had a chicken one. Now they're just doing a uh, sweet potato pork. and pork for the, uh, yep, for the Corona. Right. But that's how I got my start while I was building my food truck. That's so cool. And yep. I crave that gyoza. We, we <laughs> just went last week because I was like, I got to have some gyoza. Yeah, we and, just had it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's so good. I was, I'm really, really grateful for them. It's such a, such a good deal I have there. Yeah. That's, and we do promise with this show that people are going to find out things they never knew. There you go. Perfect example. And and so I want just going back to Malaysia for a moment. It looks like you had a chance to be in a movie while you were there too. (laughs) I I did. It's so (laughs) random. Uh, One of the, um, the guy of Fat Burger, his partner, he's like big into, he's one of the biggest movie directors in Kuala Lumpur. And they were filming a, I mean, to us, it's like a bad B movie, but Mm -hmm. it's their A-rated movies with their number one um, actor of the country. He was in it with us. And it was this scary movie in this old abandoned parliament house. And it, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was days of filming and pretending to know how to ballroom dance and makeup and (laughs) smoking cigarettes and oh it's just it was something else cool. it was really interesting so it, cool. yeah, it yeah. still hasn't released yet so they oh wow issues clearly yeah it's been a, yeah. when did you get back from malaysia i got back uh november of let's see oh no sorry august of 2018 okay that would make sense and yep. that's when you started to formulate the yep. idea for the food truck yep mm-hmm. so are there ronica are there any other uh, like like booyah you're kind of like hidden in the background there. Are there any other uh, projects or things you've helped out with around? They're, they're all I'm doing right now for wholesale wise. Everything kind of went kaputs when uh, Corona started. So they've definitely held in though there. I mean, they're, we're, they're still doing really good sales down at Booyah. I'm cranking them mm-hmm. out for them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Yep. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back in two minutes after this word from our sponsors and get into some of the details on She's So Crispy. We will be right back. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. 
Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? We are back! We are back! We are back with the owner of She's So Crispy Food Truck, Ronica Whaley. And we found out earlier on the first segment that you make the gyoza for Booyah. Mm -hmm. And you were telling us something on the break that's kind of interesting. I don't know if we should tell everybody. Let's tell them anyway. Uh, About (laughs) the the production of the gyoza. Oh, the production of the gyoza. Yeah. Um, We were just talking about how Booyah uses us and how they use the recipe in Berlin. And they are, I I think they're going to start making them down at the Miami location. And it's these, these things are just, they're incredibly labor intense. We, we hand grind everything. We hand chop everything. We mix it. And then we put it through. Um, I actually have a machine that surprisingly, um, it's this very, very, very special machine that comes from Japan. It's $16,000. It's the only one of its kind. And when I was talking to Mike about getting this up and going, he was like, Oh, actually, I just happen to have that in the basement across the street. Would you like to buy it? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, yeah, we've never used it because uh, the production of gyozas are just extremely, it's extre- It's quite the process. And right. when you're like Booyah Ramen and you're buying up to 20,000 of them a month, it's very hard to do the process. And then you have to have the room to IQF the product and then bag it and then sell it. It's, it's just quite the process. Where do you do this? Um, I do it at my, at my kitchen over at, um, in Tyrone. Wow. It's a a top secret location. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so the food truck, She's So Crispy, will be, as I said earlier, will be one year old this November. And reminding everybody, the Tampa Bay Times named it the number one food truck in Tampa Bay. And Ronica, how would you describe the cuisine you serve from She's So Crispy? Um, it is, it's Japanese food, but definitely with a fusion. I, I put all kinds of crazy stuff inside the, from my dumplings. I've had anywhere from truffle to Wagyu to, you know, we wow. have sweet potato, we have vegetables. We have, uh, I do a, a stone crab when it's in season. It depends on, you know, what I can get fresh, when I can get local. Then I have bao buns on the truck as well that we stuff anywhere from, uh, Wagyu short rib to local snapper and grouper. Uh, we do a lot of vegan stuff. I have a vegan crab cake. I've got barbecue jackfruit. Um, but mostly I, I started the truck out to be a pot sticker truck. Pot sticker is another word for gyoza. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really turned into a dirty rice truck. <laughs> I, I have this dish. It is sushi rice that I put the gyoza sauce on, a gochujang sauce, and then you top it with whatever protein you'd like, and then we put onions, scallions, sesame, and it's a, it's a couple pound dish that people just go nuts over. I have regulars that will come to the truck three times a week since I've been open, and it doesn't That stop. sounds so good. It's, it's so good. It's a good thing we have uh, pop screens on these microphones, even though we get pops anyway, but Lori just would have just drooled on the microphone. Yeah, seriously. It's on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty so, much it. Sounds great. 
Yeah, it's cool. I'm glad you said that. It's it's, it's Japanese. It's like Japanese fusion. inspired, yeah. but in like a fusion because yeah, I was I love learning new stuff. And when I was looking at what you serve, uh, I you know I started googling some of these things. I found out that you know so there's there's dumpling. You you hand make all the gyoza. You hand make all the dumplings, and there's a slight difference between the two. What I found online from just googling. It says the difference be- between gyoza and dumplings is that gyoza has a thinner dumpling wrapper and more finely chopped stuffing. Yes, it's very fine. Yeah, um, the other kind of dumplings that they do are the like the ones that have the twist at the top, mm-hmm. and those are filled with a, a thicker wrapper, a much thicker dough, and then um, yeah, larger chopped um, ingredients. Have you had any trouble getting yeast or flour? Um, no, I haven't had any problems with, um, ingredients. The only problems that I have had was when we had the pork and the beef shortage, I had to completely take beef off of the truck for about uh, three months during COVID just because the prices about tripled and then pork was almost non-existent, but you could get it for about double the price. Other than that, I really haven't had any shortage issues. Wow. And so now everything's good? Yeah, everything is. Yeah, the prices are all normal and everything is real good now. Well, I've, I've noticed that chicken is a lot higher. You know, I, I don't work with chicken. So I went to order from Publix, uh, using Shipped, um, just Monday, and a four-pack of chicken breasts, which used to be like 7 or $8, was $15. Wow. I was like, What? Holy, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I know that they've been having um, problems up in Iowa and Nebraska with the right. uh, hog farms and the chicken farms. Ah. Yeah, so right. lot, just a lot shutting down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so as you were saying, you know, the dirty rice bowls are really the signature dish, dish what you're most yep. popular for, most I guess. definitely. It's so addicting. And and that has a sticky rice, uh, a gyoza sauce that you make, I think, yep. right? Oh, yeah, we make everything. The uh, gochujang aioli, fried onion, green onions, and topped with your choice of ahi tuna, jackfruit, or bang bang shrimp, Love that. tofu, bang bang everything. People go nuts over that bang bang. It's insane. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. no, I love that. Speaking stuff. of that yeah. sauce, uh, there is a local company in town called Mother Food Trucker that uh, Sunkiss Seafood food truck started and we have a sauce deal with over 500 Publix, Walmarts and Rite Aids that we're getting our food truck sauces into. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah, they're going to be here local in our stores. So you'll be able to buy the sauces that we have on the truck off of in the stores. That's so cool. Is it going to be branded? She's so crispy. Yep. yep. It'll be the brand will be mother food truckers. And then each there's going to be a couple different food trucks that are doing sauces and it'll have our food truck and the name and the sauce and recipe cards and such that come with it. That's awesome. See, this is why at the top of the show, I introduced you as culinary entrepreneur and owner of the She's So Crispy <laughs> Food Truck. So I know you got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. So when, when will we see that in Publix? Uh, uh, my recipes are going to go out this month for um, testing. And I would say it's probably going to be, I would say, at least three months until we hit shelves. It takes about a month cool. and a half for the recipes to get approved, so they're they're safe to be on the counters for two years. Right. So yeah, it, we're still looking at months out. Wow. Okay. Cool. Let, please remember to let us know. Okay, for we'll, sure. We'll try to help get the word out. Appreciate and, that. And, and we want, need to go buy some too. Appreciate yeah. That. How much can you tell us as far as how you make your bang bang sauce? I mean, the the really only twist on my bang bang sauce is that I use gochujang. So just a you know inner 
ah. twine that I already have. You know, most people use sriracha to make it. And I use the gochujang paste and it really makes a difference in it. I can imagine because sriracha turns a little sweet mm-hmm. when you mix it and cook it. And gochujang, it's got a little more punch to it. Yeah, a lot more punch, mm-hmm. a lot more flavor. Yeah, I would love that. So, Ronica, do you um, take part in the like going over to Lakeland to convince Publix to buy it? Um, no, I actually wasn't part of any, all of that process. Uh, the Sunkiss seafood, her parents are in the grocery industry up in New Jersey. So that's ah. how she was able to get that in. That's cool. Yeah. So I didn't have to do much except for have my nice good sauces. And now do you have your location at uh, flying boat brewery right now? That should be open here. I, I'm hoping to have that open in about three weeks. The Vitali bros are putting the mural on it right now. And I just need to have my health inspection and then we should be good to go. So that'll be static, right? Yes. So if we're craving your food and you're in a location that we can't make it to, we can just go over to Flying Boat Brewery. Yep. That'll be there all the time. Very nice. Congrats. So, so we got to keep an eye on that too because, yeah, I think that's we're going to head over there as soon as that opens. That'll have to be on a cheat day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. super I'm still on every day is a cheat day. <laughs> I'm super excited about that partnership. There's such great people down there going to do great business. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. uh, We've only been there once, but we, we like it a lot. Yeah. And, oh, and some going back to learning new things and Googling your food and whatnot, here's something interesting I found on Wikipedia. It's, it, it is regarding the bao buns. So just like ramen, everybody considers ramen to be Japanese, but it actually, its origins go back to China. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the bao bun. And they say the uh, original name is, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Guao Pao. Guao Bao, yeah. yeah. And they say also known as pork belly buns, ambiguously bao or erroneously as bao bun because bao means bun. So the translated name bun bun is redundant. <laughs> but the funny thing is everybody calls them bao buns. Yeah, that's funny. That's my dad's nickname for my mom. I should tell her to call her bao bun. <laughs> kind of like the old ajou. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, Ronica, can we do a chef lightning round? Sure. Here? So, here we go. Olive oil or butter? Olive oil. Lemon or lime? Lime. Regarding pickles, dill or sweet? Dill. Thai or Indian? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll go with Thai. Okay. Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Cheddar or Swiss? Cheddar. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Ribeye or filet mignon? Filet. Aha, okay. Tenderloin or pork tenderloin or spare ribs? Spare ribs. Okay, good. Some of those you're with me and others you're with Lori on. Yeah. There we go. I hate blue cheese. (laughs) But I I really don't think there's too many, there's no no wrong answers. No, that's for sure. We all have our own taste. I eat a plant-based diet, so I'm just like, you know, hmm, 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 hmm. I know when you were answering the meat, I'm like, honey, she's not eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean, you know, I still have a preference. I still love the stuff. I just right. do it for health reasons. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Where do we find, how do we find where you are with the food truck? Um, I post my schedule and where I am on Instagram and Facebook. I'm getting my website up better so people can follow me on there, but I'll post my schedule and then daily I, I put where I'm going to be. So on Facebook awesome. and Instagram, and it's just, she's so crispy. Yep. Ronica Whaley, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This has been fun. Appreciate it, guys. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to.
on the food blog, we have the 10 best chilies in St. Pete, which includes one in St. Pete Beach and one in Gulfport, and also one on the south side. So check out the 10 best chilies. Also, we have a new review of a new hotspot named Wild Child. They've been getting all kinds of rave reviews. We have our official review of Wild Child. They're in the Grand Central District and headed up by Chef Rob Reinsmith, the former executive chef at Noble Crust. So you know this is going to be good. And their location, if you remember the uh, old Numex that went out of business, that's the location they're in, in the Grand Central District on Central Avenue. And all of that can be found on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, we'll be talking to Lee Aquino, the executive chef at the new Pier restaurants, Teak, Pier Tiki, and Driftwood Cafe. And he also heads up the Birch and Vine and the Canopy on Beach Drive. If you'd like to send us fan mail, hate mail, or if you have any requests for interviews or restaurant reviews, just send an email to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Ronica Whaley. And thanks to our sponsors. Roland Oates. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And, and Engine, Engine Number, number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Want some bacon? No, man, I don't eat pork.